Welcome to Maximum Octane and your ride to the entrepreneur's evolution in the automotive industry. I'm your host, Kim Hickey, former shop owner turned industry educator, speaker, and entrepreneurial motivator. Each week during our ride together, you will hear unfiltered stories of inspiration and transformation shared by successful business owners and CEOs. Their experiences will motivate you to do things you never thought possible, encourage you to reach your full potential, and help you to exchange unproductive habits for productive ones. While many of my guests will be related to the automotive industry, it's crucial in the world of tomorrow that we stop being silos and we open our minds to ideas and inspiration from other industries as well. We also know that to be truly successful in business, you must have a healthy work and home life balance. All of my guests are handpicked with these crucial elements in mind. Our industry is evolving by the second, and we need to as well. Buckle up, because here we go. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to this week's episode of Maximum Octane. I have an amazing and very interesting guest for you today, and that is Mr. C. Reggie Rogers. Welcome to the show. Hey, Kim, how are you? So excited to be with you. This is going to be so much fun. I'm just feel the energy and the synergy that you and I are going to have. Love it. Love it. So I met you at our super conference and I, I have to say it was pretty funny because I was cruising along and we work pretty hard when we're there and, and doing it. And I'm hearing somebody yelling, hey, Hollywood. And I was like, what the heck? <laughs> and turned around and it was you. I'm sure people who know you probably wanted to call you that because you were so Hollywood. Everything about you just oozes with Hollywood. So I had to call you that and you, <laughs> grace, and you gracefully received it. Well, thank you. You are so good for my ego. So it was wonderful to get to meet you at, at our conference and you were there representing Sirius Radio, which I is uh, very interesting upon itself there. And you have, is it true the number one highest rated relationship show? Yeah, I um, I do relationship coaching. I went from being the singles empowerment coach to the number one relationship coach. So I'm ranked in the, in the ranking of relationship coaches. You know, some say number one. And so I take the number one relationship coach. Uh, so that's what I do. You'll take it. You'll take being number one. You'll take, I'll take it. Just so nonchalant. If that's what it is. That's what it is. I'll be number one. I'll be number one. That's awesome. So you already have given me advice, which we, we had a phone call when you were like, you know, Kim, normally I charge for this, but I will do this for you for free. So let's just like jump into some of the things that you help your clients with. Can we do that? Sure. I do a thing called uh, steps and stages to dating so that people have an understanding when it comes to dating. There are steps and phases. Most people just jump right in. They, they plunge right in. I meet you today. I'm going on a date with you tonight. And that's why a lot of times there's a lot of what we call no synergy. And there's this uneasiness in regards to the two people having an encounter. And so it's hard for them to determine if there's a fit. So I walk you through these stages. For example, I take a stage one. Stage one is what I would consider my meet and greet stage. And in that meet and greet stage, what you want to discover is you want to discover if there is any type of chemistry, commonality. You want to find out what type of conversation and is there a flow with the conversation. But ultimately, you want to see if there's a connection. 
That's what I call in stage one, my seeds, it's, it's, it's the seeds. Because most people build relationships off of chemistry. I think that's great, but I don't. I build relationships with an understanding that there has to be a connection. Because you can have chemistry with multiple people, but you are not going to be connected to everybody. So you hear people say, oh, my God, we had so much chemistry. But you hear that quite often. But how many times do you hear them say, oh, my God, we had such a connection? Because you got to. And then when there's a connection, then chemistry will become a byproduct of the connection. So in this stage, you want to determine if it even warrants a date because it may not warrant a date. And for some people, it may take a couple of meetings to determine if they want to date this particular person or not. So the thing that you have to keep in mind in this first stage is just be yourself because to thine own self, you got to stay true. And there are questions that I get people to line up to ask in this stage. And I think that each question that I get them to ask, they're layered so that you can really get the full flow of who this person is, what type of energy this person operates from. Because when the energy is wrong, then the conversation is not wrong. That is just amazing what you're saying, because what about with online dating? So my mind's going crazy because I, I have so many friends that are on that online dating stuff. And there's a lot of very busy people and they don't go out a lot. They work a lot. And so we see this movement with online dating. So how do you relate that to this? Because when you meet somebody a couple of times, you see if there's chemistry or a connection, those things that you speak about when you're meeting online and just reading posts and texts, how, how does that translate? Uh, there are still consistencies in terms of when you ask, you ask these questions, you want to look for consistency. And then you want to look for the consistencies to see if it resonates with who you are, your spirit. You want it to resonate with you. If it's something that doesn't resonate with you, because women in particular, you guys have what we call women's intuition. That's, that was given to you by the manufacturer. That's just something that you have. And your intuition is great. So when you utilize it, it can be a friend or foe. But you want to utilize it in a way where it's, it's a friend with your intuition. When it becomes a foe is your intuition is saying something, but you choose to ignore it. And then you find yourself in a situation that your intuition told you on the front end not to do, but you ignored it because you felt like, oh, I'm lonely and I just want to have somebody. So you move forward and now you found out it's not a fit. So you look for consistencies by asking. The first question I tell people to ask is what makes you unique? That's a very important question. You know why that's an important question? Because this, this question will transition you to, into a very, very nice discussion. People like to talk about themselves. So you can, really, you can really pick apart what this person is. And the next question I would say ask is something like, uh, what does a typical day look like for you? This question will give you a much broader and a better answer. And you'll learn far more about the person than just asking them, what do you do? Because what do you do is old school. So this question will let you find out if they're an early riser how they spend their free time and you won't need to ask them their career. It just usually comes up natural. I would have never thought to ask that one, maybe in a job interview, but not uh, for, for on a date. You, you mentioned about being yourself and, and the trends that I see with my friends, they, they meet people, they talk or they, you know, exchange pictures and even them, the picture doesn't look anything like them. And I say, why are you using that picture? That does not look anything like you. <laughs> you never look like people are pulling out glamour shots or their first Holy Communion picture or something. And and I'm like, well, then what happens when 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 the person meets you and, you know, what you said is not true or 
this picture is so different. And so that authenticity and just being yourself, right? Because if somebody doesn't like who you really are, there's not a lot of point in going forward, right? Like why pretend that you're something you're not? Why do people do that? Uh, I think people do that because we live in a world that is all about an image. And it's whatever image you determine in your mind that you want to create to be accepted in the world that we live in. And I always ask people all the time, do you remember who you were before the world told you who you are? And you've got to go back to the premise of who you are because the relationship, the, the basis of all relationships, Kim, is self. You cannot have a relationship without you. That's the basis of all relationships. So that's why to thine own self, you have to be true. And if you don't like you, then you won't like somebody else. If you don't love you, how can you love someone else? So you have to have the best relationship that you can have with yourself. And if you find yourself sending pictures of pictures, that's not who you are presently. You're probably not in the position to really try to focus on being in a relationship because you haven't settled with who you really are to have a good relationship with yourself. Boy, I hope everybody's listening. I love it. Gotta love yourself first, right? Absolutely, absolutely. All right, so what's the next step? You ask them those, some of those questions. You feel like maybe there's something there. What's next? So if there's something there, you want to move past the meet and greet stage, but, but keep in mind in that first stage when you're asking those questions, don't ask those questions as if it's like interrogate. Don't come from an interrogating manner. Just be free. <laughs> Be natural, you know. They shouldn't you, have a list of 20 questions and just rapid fire them off and not give a person a chance to breathe. Let, the, let, let it flow. Just let it flow. Just in a regular, because let it flow. You want to come back and say, how do you typically spend your weekends? I'm curious. Like, what's what's the weekend look like for you? That's still in that meet and greet stage. You know, you want to ask that about weekends. Why do you ask about weekends? Because this helps you find out about their interests, their priorities, and how they like to socialize. And this is important to know in deciding if you're compatible or not. Very important, right? Then here's a big question. What does your idea relationship look like? This tells you what they're really looking for in a mate. Then that lets you match yourself to determine if you're a match for this person. Because you might not be their match. And time is our biggest commodity. So we can't be in a situation where we're wasting a lot of time. Because once we waste time, we can't go back and get that time back. So I don't don't want somebody wasting my time, nor do I want to waste theirs. Last question you want to ask is probably, what is your relationship like with your parents? Why is that important? It's important because this question helps you get an understanding of their view of love. This question will help you get a lot of information. So in that meet and greet stage, just relax, have a conversation. Don't come across as if you're interrogated and let the question just flow as a conversation flow. You'll get a lot out of that. But once you get past that stage, if you determine now it warrants a date, then we'll go to stage two. Stage two is what I call the dating and creating stage. Very, very dating cool. and creating. Okay. Dating and creating stage because this is that romantic stage, but it, and it usually lasts for two to three months. It tends to progress as follows. It, it, it typically flows like this because during this stage, the two of you want to spend a whole lot of time together. And people often describe this stage as being physically attracted or infatuated with the other person. That's why you want to spend that time. And then two people are having fun and they're really attracted to each other. They tend to overlook those cute idiosyncrasies of their partner in order to focus on the strong attraction and the positive feelings. So they overlook a lot because 
They're focused, you know, and we're having so much fun. Are you talking about like when somebody hangs the toilet paper the wrong way? And in the beginning, it's like, a, oh, aren't they special? They don't hang the toilet paper right. And then after a couple of months, you're like, oh, my God, how many times do I tell you to change the toilet paper? <laughs> it's bothering you. Yikes. That's a make or break it thing. But see, if you have that conversation on the front end and you discuss communication, it goes a long way. So that should be an opening meeting is which way do you hang your toilet paper? Maybe, maybe that question should get moved up to way in the beginning. That's a big one. <laughs> yes. How do you, how do you put the toilet paper on the roll? Do you go, do you go the back way or do you go the front way? How do you do it? I just need to know. <laughs> it goes over the front like a waterfall. And that's actually the way the patent was designed. Anyone else that does it different is just, I just can't. You can't. <laughs> <I> just can't. <laughs> okay, so I'm sorry. I got us off a track here. So, so those things are kind of infatuated. You're like, oh, they're so cute. All these little things that later, as we know, will probably get on your nerves. But in the meantime, right now, they're just cutesy little things. Then what? So here's your takeaway, though. Your takeaway in stage two, or what I like in that in that meeting group, that uh, dating and creating stage. Your takeaways is. Dating provides this social interaction and a way to decide on the marriage partner. So you want to focus on that. Then dating and marriage are always evolving. So you want to see how the two of you are creating this synergy and how is how is it evolving? Are you are you both in that state of becoming? Very important. And it's important to pay attention to the dynamics of your interactions in your intimate relationships because this is going to determine the quality of the relationship. So those intimate times, how do you guys really react? And how do you have that? How do you react towards one another? And how is the interaction? Do you feel like you may be compromising or your needs really being met? Do you feel like he's, you're in a good place? Because sometimes after this three-month mark, the relationship does slow down a bit. This really then allows the two to take off those what I call rose-colored glasses and determine if there's more to this relationship than a lot of physical attraction. Does that make sense? Sound advice. Yes, but I really like my rose-colored glasses. I have all kinds of cool glasses. So I, I that's a tough one taking those off. You'd like them if you that's saw why them. You're, that's why you're Hollywood. That's why you're <laughs> Hollywood. That's exactly why you're Hollywood, Kim. All right. So we take off our glasses. And one of the things that I think is so interesting about this and the things that I've listened to you about online is so far, other than the being intimate part, it, this applies to any relationship, right? In your life, whether it's family, whether it's coworkers, whether it's people you meet in the store of, of being genuine and asking questions and really looking at what you're doing. I mean, these, these little tips that you're giving can apply to any relationship, right? Not just not just dating. Principles are principles. Principles are what they call something that's constant. So if a principle is something that's constant, it will work if you work it. So you can't say something doesn't work if you don't work it. So you apply these principles in any dynamic or any facet of your life and they will work because it's a pr the principle. One of the things that we hear a lot from our business owners is after they have a new employee who I like to call internal customer, new an internal customer starts working with them or for them. And 
oh, everything's great. And then it's like three months later, oh, they're the best person they ever hired. They're amazing. They're this, they're that. And then as a, as a couple of months go by three, and it's usually about three months. How is that? Oh, and they'll say, oh, the honeymoon's over. They're showing their real self and they right away want to put it on to that internal customer instead of looking at it and saying like, what could I have done to help keep that honeymoon phase going? You know, am I, am I giving or, cause it's kind of a weird coincidence that every single person that comes to work there is drops off after 90 days is no longer, you know, that ideal person anymore. So this to me is so in, in parallel with each other of, of just relationships in general. So, so in dating and less the intimate part for business relationships, when, when you're in the dating and you mentioned about when you get to the three months and you start to take off the rose colored glasses and how do you keep then that interest or that excitement or whatever going? So, so you're right. You're right in line and online with the next stage because that next stage, which is stage three, is what we call the dating differences. So you're right. You're right there. That's when you. That's when the couple begin. The, the differences between the couple begin to come to surface. Same thing with employer employee. You're in that now. That difference. That dating difference stage because you can you can apply that. It's a dating process. You're going through dating this employee the employer so you guys are going through that process of these same stages so you're in that different stage this is where you see somewhat of a struggle although i don't like using the word struggle i don't have that in my vocabulary this is where you see somewhat of a challenge a temporary challenge right this is where you see the challenge between what we call from the male ego is what i like to call it the machismo and from the female is what i call the marinismo that's the female ego versus the male ego, right? That machismo versus the marinismo. But but in the area that you're talking about or in that space where you're talking about employee-employer, this is where you still see egos come out, but this is where you start to see the differences of the personalities to really come out because we're past that honeymoon. Now I get to see the true person. You know, I that true person is showing up because now- They're kind of letting their guard down, right? They're not- walking on eggshells, making sure that everything's perfect. And they're sort of like, okay, I'm, I'm feeling a little more comfortable. I can break out my sweatpants and a t-shirt with a hole in the side. That's what they're doing at work now. They're, de- you know, I, I watch it and I see the appearance outfits, you know, how the uniform looked when you'd come in and so on. And it just starts to a little bit, you know, go down. Got comfortable and, and nor are you ignoring the cute idiosyncrasies anymore. See, those idiosyncrasies are now more magnified because you're not ignoring them anymore. Uh, th- this is where, this is really the make or break stage because this is where each partner will decide if they want to continue. And during this stage, the relationship now focuses on how the two of you will work through disagreements, differences of opinions, as well as in relationships, different approaches to sex, well, in a, in a workforce, it will be different approaches to handling business, not just approaches to sex, and communication and commitment. We get to now see where how the communication is off and where the commitment really is. And in this stage, you also see this is an opportunity for the both to learn and use problem-solving skills with your partner. 
And so sometimes that's where the rubber meets the road when you get into those problem-solving skills because you both have different perspectives and there's two different mindsets. And so arguing in a relationship is not the problem. The problem is when two people don't know how to use healthy skills to resolve the conflict. That's the problem, not the arguing. So stage three is also this opportunity to build a deeper relationship with your partner because if you can get through that, when you build this deeper relationship, you recognize that you are loved and accepted for being your true self. So now we just have to work on how do we weave continuity, consistency. And this is where the trust develops in the relationship. Same thing from employee to employer. That's where the trust develops in that stage. Because having differences is normal because you're two individuals. That's normal. It's not, it's not something that's way out there. And there are some things that you can create through difficulties in relationship. One, stress and pressure about money and work. Those, those things you start to see in the relationship, that's, that's created. Lack of time spent together, you see that. Issues arising from a previous uh, relationship, that comes up. Job loss. And blood baggage. Blood. Are you referring to baggage? Baggage, no doubt. No doubt. <laughs> Kim, this is so much fun. I see you're really enjoying this. This is so much fun. I'm looking at your face. You got this huge, beautiful smile. Kim, I would do your show any day with you. <laughs> smile on your face. Well, thank you. My goodness, you are just amazing for my ego. All right, so we get baggage. We get to the stage now. We got bad baggage, and you you just mentioned about having healthy problem solving skills, and that is something that I think, as a society, we are hugely lacking in. Whether it's in the workplace or in families or personal relationships, everybody just wants to yell and carry on and prove who's right and not give in and. What in the heck? How do we turn this around? Wherever your attention flows, that's how your energy goes. So you, you, you have to be intentional in terms of what you focus on. So now it's what I call expanded consciousness. Expanded consciousness is a universal piece that you can use in any platform or any format because expanded consciousness simply means that whatever you think about, that's what you bring about. Better said, whatever I focus on, that's what expands. In relationships, most people focus on, or when people are single, we focus on, I don't have a boyfriend, I don't have a girlfriend, I don't have a husband, I don't have a wife, I don't have a fiance, blah, 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 blah. And that's what expands. And because the more you say it, the more you throw it out there, the longer you're probably going to stay that way because you keep saying that. That's what you're bringing into your world, right? Because your words create your world. But if we change that narrative, and you say something like, I don't have a boyfriend yet. He hasn't come yet. Then the subconscious takes that. The universe now is awakened. And now it's only a matter of time because you've changed the narrative. And now your words are now expanding based off of what you're saying, because whatever you think about, that's what you bring about. And so now in that employee, employer, Think about, be very conscious in terms of what you say and how you say what you say. I know you're the boss, and that's great. I know you're the boss, but you don't have to always say you're the boss. That's like a husband saying to the wife, I'm the husband, and you're going to do what I said. You're not going to think that too well, right? I don't think that works well too often, but anyway. It doesn't. So that's what I'm saying. 
You don't have to throw your weight around. Just be who you are naturally and organically. Then there becomes this what I call energetic flow. It's, it's creating the atmosphere for what you really want to happen. Make the atmosphere conducive for what you want to happen. Employee, hey. employer relationship. Go ahead. So you're just saying about that. And one of the things right now that you hear a lot of business owners speaking about is a lack of help and they can't find good help and they can't find people that want to work. And it is a, almost a broken record in any conversations about how horrible, how hard it is to find someone. And I feel like it just digs it deeper and deeper and deeper, right? Because you're focusing on the negative and, and the bad things and you're not attracting the positive things. So can you expand on that just a little bit more and, and specific to just that example of, I, I can't find good help. There's nobody wants to work. I mean, that's sure. crazy. If you, if, if you say that, that's what's going to be like, but let me ask you a question, Kim. If you keep, if you said, do you, do you believe there's no good men out? Do you believe Kim, there's no good men left out here? No, I don't believe that. But do you hear women say there are any, there are no all day long? You see, but you don't believe that, right? No, because there are good men out here. So now with your consciousness and your intention and your attention, you become intentional. Your your intent is to make sure that when that good man comes to you, you're ready for him. Right. You're ready for that good, that good internal customer. That you put great technician or service advisor or customer service rep or anything else. You bring it. That's what I was getting to. You bring what you want by allowing your your subconscious to grab hold to your conscious. So you become extremely intentional. You change your words. There are lots of good service advisors out here. There are lots of good technicians. They just have not come to me yet. But when they come to me, I'm ready to receive them. See, if you change the words, you'll change the narrative. And then the universe is such a master choreographer. The rest will take care of itself. All right. You just said you just said a big one about when they come, I'm ready to receive them. Here's something that I see in both relationships, personal and business. I want that significant other, that husband or wife or whatever. I want that great technician. I want that great service advisor. And then they get them. And then what happens? There's they're not really prepared for them. They don't have a plan they don't know how they're going to do things. They don't know how they're going to build upon that relationship. And do you see that a lot with personal relationships and the people that you're coaching as well? Like they want some, they want this, they want this, and then they get it. And now what? Yeah. And I think that a lot of that has to do, there's, it's, it's a dichotomy between one, their past and what they've had in their past. Maybe they've had a bad service writer. Maybe they've had a bad shop manager. Maybe they've had somebody that, and so there's a trust issue there. And so they make this new person, the old person. But what you have to do is what you just said. You, you said it so well and you articulated it so well. You have to be ready. There's three things that I say that I also teach when I meet you. When I meet you, because I, I'm old school and I do believe, I do teach that it's the male's job to find the female. But it's the female's job when the male finds you. There's three things you have to do. One, be ready. Two, know how to recognize. And three, know how to receive. 
We can take that into the employer-employee too. Because that last one, even in a relationship, is a problem for so many. It's the receiving. You know why they don't know how to receive? Because they've had so many bad relationships. When they get a good man, they got to touch him. Feel, is he really real? And they're looking for something to be <laughs> because of their past experiences. And that happens oftentimes as well. You have to have a plan. And then you all, your plan will determine and dictate to you what's a fit. It's, it's creating what you want. Create it. Because there's a law of attraction. If you create it, let's, let's look at this, Kim. The journey to love is not about finding the one. You know what the journey to love is? It's about becoming the one. So when you become it, it can come to you. Same thing from an employer to employee. Become what, you, become what it is that you want so it can come to you. And then when it comes to you, have a vision. Have a plan. Because where there is no vision, people perish. I goodness, I love that. I think that should be on a bumper sticker somewhere. Is it or where is it? Do you have it on a bumper sticker already? Is there a coffee mug I could buy with that on there? That that was perfect. You and I can you and I can create it. Let's make some money, Kim. <laughs> some merch. It's got to be. It's got to be shiny though. I got to have my glitter. You know that. I got to have my. Uh, Got it's got to be stylish. It just can't be any old mug or bumper sticker. <laughs> we'll put a, we'll put created by Hollywood. <laughs> well, I just love all this information, and I, I I hope that everybody listening understands that this is it's all one big thing. Everything's interconnected and weaved together, and you can't be a totally different person here and there, and and not be authentic and you have to be ready to receive whoever it is, whether it's at your shop, your personal life or anything else. And you got to change your story. You got to change your story. Stop saying that there's not anybody for a relationship for me, or stop saying there aren't any technicians or there aren't any, whatever you got to, you got to change your story because whatever you say is going to come true. So when you keep saying it's not going to happen, it is not going to happen. So how do you weed out the people, though, that hang the toilet paper the wrong way? Is there like, is there something special? Like, is that a, is there some kind of question that could lead to that without you really asking? No, that's, that's just simple communication. You know, that's, that's, that's experience. You know, communication comes from a, a word, um, communication comes from a word called communion. It's important because communion is in a religious sect, that's considered something very sacred. And one of the things you hear when they talk about communion in a religious sect is they say, you must first examine yourself to see if you are worthy to partake of these elements. That's the communion. But the word communion comes from two words. The word communion comes from common union. So when you ask the questions in the communication, you want to determine what's the common union. That's any relationship. What is the common union? What is that launching pad that we can both utilize to launch from? If, if, as we now know from you, Kim, that toilet paper issue is a huge <laughs> deal for you, that is like a deal maker or a deal breaker, but it sounds like a deal breaker. So that's something that you have to determine in your questions if there is any common union. That and ketchup on hot dogs. I, I have two non-negotiables. And <laughs> other than that, I'm pretty easygoing. But I, I just, you know, there's that. You don't like ketchup on hot dogs? No. No. <laughs> okay. No. <laughs> here people are listening to get some serious advice and I'm over here talking about my toilet paper and ketchup on hot dogs hangups. But that's okay because they know me. So 
<laughs> if that's my biggest non-negotiables, that that's that's pretty I'll good, I would one. think. Kim, you're you're spot on because our non-negotiables, that, that's the list that shop owners or employees, employers, or whether employers or shop owners should have, just like we should have when we're when we're wanting a date. It's what I call put your list together of deal makers, deal breakers, and non-negotiables. Deal makers, deal breakers, and non-negotiables. How long do you think that you should give it, right? So we have we have a range with the people that we work with, and you have many clients as well, where people will, my gosh, for two years, hang on to that one that see if that non-negotiable changes or that deal breaker. And then others are like, oh, in a, you know, first time they're like, that's it. I mean, is there any kind of um, time period that you would say in your experience that within this amount of days or months, if, if this is still not what you want, like you just got to cut your losses. We, we tend to hang on to people in our personal life and business much longer. I think than we, that we need to, and that are, that's healthy for us because we keep, I don't know what we're waiting for this big, huge change, even though we're not doing anything to help it. But is there like a time frame that you as an expert says, cut your, Cut your losses after this amount of time. Well, I, I think that it's a case by case, and I think it's the individual. I think because you have to ask yourself in the in in those stages when you're going through the meet and greet, you called it an interview. Uh, you 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 were being funny, uh, but it really is. It's, it's it's an interview because you know what the profile or the prototype that you want from that person, and so. Mentally, you're checking off, you're checking off, and there's some boxes that you may have left open. Now, how important are those boxes that you left open? How important are they to you, right, from that standpoint? And then you have to go back to see if those, those boxes that weren't checked are that important, then maybe it's time to cut your loss because you see that that person is not growing in those areas and they don't have the capability because they're not trying to grow. They're, the capability is there, but they're not they're not trying to grow because they're not doing the things that it would take to evolve in those areas. That's why we go through divorces. Somebody stops growing. Somebody doesn't want to grow. Somebody's not, doesn't want to put that effort in. And as we are constantly evolving and are in that state of becoming, you may out, you can, you may outgrow your husband or you may be evolving a lot faster at a more rapid pace. And because his pace is at a snail pace, that is irking the hell out of you. So do you want to continue to stay there and take it or no? It's time to cut your loss. So the advice you would have for everyone is to pay attention to if their heart is in the right place and they look like they are trying to evolve or make the changes or do what's necessary. But if they're just sort of blowing it off, that's probably a good indicator that this person is not going to be a right fit if they're not taking that serious and putting forth the effort especially if you've had that conversation now, it becomes redundant. How many times do you need to keep having that conversation? It's redundant now. It's monotonous. You keep having the conversation and the person keeps saying, I get it. Okay, I will. And they go back to the same thing. How how, how many times are you going to have that? How long do you want to continue to do that? That is an excellent question. And one we ask many of our clients, don't we? How many many times are you going to come to me with this until we see? So, okay. So, you did the date and create, you have all that. What's next? Stage four is simple. Independence versus interdependence. Independence versus interdependence. 
This is where you learn how to be a couple and still maintain your level of independence within the relationship. That doesn't mean you have to have a joint Facebook page, right? Because you don't have to. That just, I see that and I'm like, hmm. I mean, I, some people like that, but. <laughs> come on. You come up with some kid. You add that to my other list of my non negotiables. No joint Facebook page. Go ahead. Proceed. Sorry. <laughs> well, it's just, uh, in this stage. Sorry, you Reggie, you're trying to have a serious I, conversation. I'm sorry. I, I, yeah, you're here for me, so it's all good. You know, I got you here. We're good. This is where two people recognize and realize they both have to weave continuity and consistency in the relationship by balance and not competing against each other, but celebrating one another for each other's comp- accomplishments. Sometimes that's hard. And in relationships, we fall into competing against each other, but not complimenting each other. So in this stage, it begins to really show up after the couple has been dating for probably longer than six months. And then you begin to see this. And during this stage, the couple begins to incorporate their previous social relationships and interests into the relationship. During this stage, the fear of their partner wanting to socialize without them triggers feelings of insecurity or fear of an imminent ending to the relationship. During this stage, if the partner with the insecurity does not address their own issues, the result would be an unintended breakup. So there's a lot happening in that independence versus interdependence. Think about it. You've been independent for so long. Now you bring somebody in your life. You're still feeling like, I don't want to lose my independence, but I still do want to be with somebody. So you got to figure out how to weave that continuity with still keeping a level of independence versus interdependence, bringing that person in. That's a, that's a tough one for some people, for sure. For sure. And then what's number five? Number five is, is, is after you've gone through all the four, you know, make or break, then you get to that happy, you get to that healthy and happy commitment. Healthy and happy commitment. Stage five is where the individuals are willing to make a long-term commitment with each other because having successfully completed the four previous stages, the couples have now built the foundation on trust, honesty, and integrity. And commitment means working hard to maintain the relationship. That's stage five. You make it sound just so simple. So simple for everybody. So where can people go and what do you recommend? Because a lot of people out there, they stumble and you keep mentioning about being healthy and having healthy conversations and healthy you know, problem solving skills and all. And there really are a lot of people out there that struggle with that and don't have healthy skills and coping mechanisms and other things. What's your advice for those people? People who don't have healthy coping mechanisms. Is that what your question? Yes. Let's, let's, let's start here because this is very important. Arguments don't mean that your relationship is in trouble. Don't, it doesn't. An argument could be an essential component of a long lasting relationship because arguments can be constructive in building a long-term relationship because they help to clarify the needs and increase mutual respect between the partners. So whether the argument will lead to a breakup or not depends on how the couples resolve the conflict. So when you find yourself in that type of situation, now you have to, what I call, go, go to AA. AA is you take an accurate assessment of yourself and you check yourself into AA 
by now taking accurate assessments of who you are. Now you can find where your weaknesses are. And then if you need to seek some professional help, by all means, now you can because you've taken an accurate assessment of what's really or what you are really dealing with. So for the people that always have the breakups or employees leave for the same reason, it seems like it's always the same reason, might be time to take a look at yourself and have an accurate assessment and see, gee, what is the commonality in all of these failed relationships or failed employer-employee relationships? Hmm. Check yourself in the AA. You know, Michael Jackson said it a long time ago. You got to start with the man in the mirror. Wonderful. That's a wonderful song. Very catchy tune too, but a great message. And then he says, listen, I'm starting with the man in the mirror and I'm asking him to change his way. Love it. Love it. Well, you were absolute a delight today and hopefully you will come back because there's a lot of other things that I know that you deal with, with people that you can give us some really sound advice about and meditating and some other things that you've been practicing and how we can help people get what they desire and who they desire and all of that. So would you be willing to come back and share some more time with us? Kim, you've got my heart. Anything for <laughs> Miss Hollywood. Well, thank you everybody for joining me this week. Stay safe, make good choices, stay inspired, and I will be back next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Maximum Optane, your ride to the entrepreneur's evolution. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas, or you just want to be a guest on my show, I want to hear from you. You can reach me directly at mlpodcast at autotraining.net. Thanks for listening and keep seeking information everywhere that you can.